Hi, this is Asian Miles Apart. I'm Regina in Hong Kong. I'm Pin in London, and I'm Crystal in Singapore. Hi all. Today we are looking at the famous thirty-six questions to fall in love. So I believe these lists of questions were used in a study to observe how discussing this would accelerate intimacy between strangers. The questions are split into three sets, which with each set being more personal and probing than the last. So the idea here is that being vulnerable with your partner would improve your relationship. Now we are friends, like really good friends, and we love each other. But we just thought that it would be interesting to answer these questions and see if we actually feel closer to each other after this. So, out of the thirty-six questions, we have picked some、um, from the list to go through today. So, the first one that we have is: before making a phone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say and why? Maybe I can go first. So. When I saw this question, it's quite interesting because I actually do, or maybe I used to do that more. And I guess it also depends on what kind of phone call. But usually at work, and I rarely do this now, but I used to do it a lot. I would actually write down pointers, and I think it's sort of driven by the fact that sometimes I feel like being judged on the phone. Oh yeah, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I feel like if I say something stupid and I can't really see the other person's face. I just like I just have that fear, you know. So I usually try to write out what I want so that the phone call can be efficient and I don't sound like an idiot, basically. No, I understand what you mean by you're afraid of being judged by the person you're speaking to. But actually, for me, I'm afraid of being judged by people around me. <gasps> yes, <laughs> because my office is very quiet, right? So if I'm actually on a phone call, everybody can hear the entire conversation, and I feel very self conscious when I do that.、Mm. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I would um, I would probably think through in my mind like what I want to say to the person, but I haven't actually had a phone call where I actually have to write down all the points. I think because in my job, I don't actually have to talk so much on the phone, and it has never been anything that's quite important that I need to do on the phone call.、Mm. I think for me, it's like it. I still okay at, at this age. I think after working for ten years, I mean, if we are talking about work calls. I think I still prepare, but definitely、mm. much less than when I first started work, lah. In the sense that I remember when I first started work, I would actually be really nervous. I will prep like I wouldn't say hundred percent script, scripted, but it would be longer sentences, like like actual sentences that I'm going to say. Yeah, but now it's just like the point, even the bullet points that I write now is it's not even a proper. It's just literally、yeah. like two、mm. words per bullet、mm. point. So I can sort of jog my memory on what needs to be、yeah. said, and then obviously I feel like、um, most of the time in calls now at work, if there's anything else that's not in my bullet point, I will still also say, <laughs> without fear、yeah. of being judged. As in, I I don't really think too much about it now, lah, compared to when、mm. I first started work. Yeah, same. I guess Reg made a good point, which I forgot, is that I actually feel really conscious when I speak on the phone really loudly. In the office, and everyone else is quiet around me because I feel like people are listening. Because I feel、like、I do listen to other people's phone conversations. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's funny because I actually don't listen to other people's conversation, but I get conscious. So I think that's a quite a silly mm. thought, right? Because maybe no one is actually listening to our conversation. <laughs> mm. The thing is, right, I know people always say that people are not listening to you, but truth be told, I think some people do. <laughs> like, yeah, I think some do. <laughs> and also when you're in the call, I mean, if I'm going to be really honest, sometimes in the call, I'm judging other people for what they say also. So I'm sure they're judging what I'm saying. So I don't know. As in, in the call, la, not around the office, mm. but... Mm. Yeah, tough one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next one that we have on the list is what would constitute a perfect day for you? Wow. <laughs> for me, okay. For me, I wake up naturally at 8, which is very early mm-hmm. for me, right? Naturally, I wake up, I, I had a good like 9 to 10 hours sleep. I know that's very long, but that would be ideal. I will wake up at 8, and then. Wait, do you usually wake up at 8? <laughs> probably weekends uh, around uh. 9 30. Yeah, sometimes I sleep in then 10. Lah. Um, yeah, so 8, and then I wake up feeling really refreshed. <laughs> this is the ideal day, okay? And then uh, maybe go for a hike or go to a park to walk for a bit, like an hour. And the, the weather, because Singapore is super hot, so the weather is not hot, very cooling, <laughs> which is again mm. impossible. And then go have brunch. Um, and then come home. Wait, have brunch with who? Take a shower. <laughs> oh, I, I don't mind. For me, it's like, it doesn't matter who oh. it is. It can be my boyfriend, mm. it can be by myself. I think it, it will still be perfect either yeah. way. Um, with your boss? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> oh, no, <tell> me. <laughs> you say it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> uh, sorry, it's only me, my friends, and or my boyfriend. Yeah, okay. so. Um, then come home, take a shower, then go massage, <laughs> come back, watch some TV, play some games, have dinner, watch more TV, sleep. Ooh, <laughs> sounds very <laughs> nice. Which I think, like, I mean, now that I think of it, right, it's pretty much achievable, lah. Just that the waking up at 8 o'clock and going for a hike, that, that's mm. the problem. <laughs> and the weather. Everything else, I think, can be arranged. Mm. I feel like a perfect day for me is... If I have to plan it, it's, it wouldn't be around what I'm going to do. It's more mm. of like who I'm going to spend it with. Oh. So if I were to imagine the perfect day would have my close family, so my parents, and then my sister, her husband, and then hopefully my partner, my imaginary non-existence partner (laughs) so if like if I can spend a day with one two three four five six yeah this this five people in my life uh I think it will be it will be great I can recall the last time that this happened it was um when I was dating my ex-boyfriend and I just remember there was this one day when all of us were together Mm. and I remember how I felt on that day, it was just very carefree and I felt like I was surrounded by people I love. Yeah. And I felt like I didn't need to check my phone. I didn't need to check like who's texting mm. me. I, I don't need to reply anyone. Uh, yeah. And I felt like everyone who was important to me was there and I I don't have to worry about anything. Oh. So that was like a perfect day for me. Yeah. Wow. Even just doing simple things like going out for a meal and then, yeah, just walking in the park Mm. What about you, Pin? Uh, I think mine is, I guess, in some way similar to Crystal. But then, I think I like it where in the afternoon, if I can just go home 
and then it starts to rain when I'm already indoors. Oh, <laughs> you know, like yes. rain, yes, gray, yes, and then you, I'm just like, under you. my duvet, yep. and it's just like, oh yeah, a bit cozy. Yeah. I love that feeling. Gives oh me God, like, yes, you know, what a nice day. Not that when I'm outside though. If I'm outside, it rains. I'll be like, no. But then yeah, when I'm indoors and it rains, I'm like, oh, it's like feels so nice. Good time for a nap, kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. So the next question is. If you were able to live to the age of 90, okay, you can choose either to retain your mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life. Which would you choose? Mind or body of a 30-year-old? Man. <laughs> um, I think for me, it has to be mind, for sure. I think with body, you can still kind of do something about it, like, I don't know, try to be fit. But if your mind is gone, I don't think there's a lot of exercises you can do. If your mind retains at 30 years old, right, doesn't mean that your mind just stops there and you stop evolving and whatever you know uh, on about this earth stops at 30 years old. Yeah, I don't think that's the spirit of the question. Yeah, as in you want a young mind or young body for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. But if your mind stops at 30 years old, how can it be like you're still evolving after that, right? It doesn't make sense, no? Like, basically, it means kind of means that you won't learn new things and then you kind of like stop there. You won't mature after 30 years old. Yeah, no? yeah. I mean, you could think of it that way. But I think mm. it is not necessarily... It doesn't mean like you won't take in new information. It probably just maybe your mindset remains. Lah. I think you can still mm. learn things. Otherwise, that wouldn't make sense, I guess, if the question... If you can't learn mm. anything, then that means your mind is not usable. <laughs> that was the point. But yeah, I, I, I think I would choose a 30, to have a 30-year-old mind as opposed to a 30-year-old body like for the next 60 years of my life. Mm. Oh, it's hard to choose. I feel like I would choose I would choose a body of a 30-year-old. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? Because I feel like at the age of 30 years old, I haven't explored enough about the world. Mm. And I don't want to... Be- have my mind restricted to what I know in these 30 years and not being able to process things beyond that. Because if you think about it, like say if you're 40 years old, the way you see the world could be very, very different from mm. when you were 30 years old, like for sure. So I guess I, I don't want to be restricted. But then it could mean that when you are 90, right, your mind is like 90 years old. Whereas my mind is still 30 years old, wouldn't it be better in that sense? Because when maybe like 90, which is like 60 years from now, the world would be super futuristic. You would not have the, I guess, less, you would have less capacity than a 30 year old mind to accept new information. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. If you are thinking in the same vein, then maybe like in the next futuristic world, then we could do something to help with dementia. Maybe, or maybe. Like Alzheimer's, That's true. Right? That's true. <sighs> I can't choose. <laughs> I think I was I was <laughs> leaning to having uh, a a young body because I thought at least I can move around um and stuff. But then I guess Crystal's point made sense because if I have a young body but my mind's kind of gone then I wouldn't be able to enjoy it anyway. Mm. But yeah, you guys are all assuming yeah, okay, that your mind yeah, will be that's, gone that's at some a strong point. Assumption. I mean, like people are, who are at like 60, 70 years of age now, I think they are still living at quite a true. But at um, ninety, there, I think yeah, at ninety is tough. Age. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so maybe like in the last, I don't know, ten years of your life, your mind might be maybe, quite slow. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. <laughs> I, 
I'm just no, mm, maybe because mm, the mm. scenario that I'm thinking it's like I will forget my name. I don't know who my family members yeah, yeah. are. Like that kind of seriousness. Mm. That's why I'm like choosing the mind. But yeah. Mm. Interesting. So the next question is: For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Mm. I think the most generic answer, which probably all of us will answer, is family. So, I think. Uh, I can explain that, but there's no point. I think it's self-explanatory. But recently, I'm very grateful for being born in a country and also having the opportunity in to reside in whatever country mm. I want, in a way. Because I just feel some people are so unlucky with their yeah. circumstance, right? Like, they're born to the mm. wrong country. That means their opportunities, they are just so many steps behind. So, I don't know. I just feel like that's something that you just don't realize. You just like, oh, I'm Malaysian or like I'm Singaporean. I'm whatever from London. Like you don't think much about it, but actually you have to realize mm. that. Wow, you could be born somewhere else today, and your life yeah. would be completely different. You might not be able to go to school. You walk out the street, then people want to shoot you or something. You know, it's it's quite crazy, lah. I mean, yeah, I think mine is very similar actually. So the thing that I thought of is opportunities. I'm grateful for all the opportunities mm. I had in life, but I guess that's also related to what you said. It depends on where you are based, right? And where you were raised and all that yeah. stuff. Because, like you say, if you were born in a war-torn country, then you just don't have the same mm, lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Crystal answer brings us very nicely to the next question. You mentioned that you're very grateful as to where you were born and brought up. And the next question is, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? I think... I know this contradicts what I just said, but I wish <laughs> I was born in a Western country. Not because I'm not proud of being Asian, but I think because the education system would provide me with a more well-rounded mindset, I think. Mm. Um, I think like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with the Asian upbringing, but I just think that the... I'm just thinking about like, me, if I were to contrast, right, my upbringing... Uh, the true upbringing at the moment is that, you know, very focused on studies, focus on exams, regurgitate information. Uh, you kind of have to stay the lane and not, you know, sway out of whatever the path your parents have set for you, um, which is not necessarily wrong, I guess. But I was thinking if I were to be brought up in the Western education system, I think it would maybe change my mindset a little bit more. So be more open to taking risks. Uh, number one. Um, number two, maybe not feel so judged if I were to take, say, the path less taken. Mm. And then be more vocal, like, don't have to fear everything. Like, you know now, like, even we were, when we were talking about the telephone call earlier, I'm pretty sure that that is because of our Asian yeah. upbringing. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a big assumption to make. But I'm thinking if I'm, I, were born, I was born in the Western education system, I wouldn't be so afraid of authority. Mm. Um, obviously, I think even in the Western world, they still respect authority, but at least they wouldn't be afraid to speak up. Yeah, I think I, I sort of agree with that. Not necessarily in the sense that I wish I was born in like a Western country, but more that I wish our education system puts more focus on, you know, critical thinking. Yeah. How things can be different rather than this is A and it's correct, just remember it kind of way. I think another thing that I thought I would want to change is to be more exposed to nature, if that makes sense. So like... Yeah, a more active lifestyle, closer to, you know, green spaces. But 
I mean, I don't know about you guys, actually. Like, how was your childhood like in that sense? Because I guess it's also because Malaysia is so hot. We don't really spend a lot of time outside. Mm. Or actually, mm. I didn't, at least. Um, so, you know, I just mm, didn't do yeah, a lot of same. walking. Or I just, you know, spending time outdoors to me was like a foreign concept. Like, it's not something that I would yeah. have looked forward to. But now... I just feel like it's really nice to spend some time outdoors, just being close to yeah. nature. Actually, I, I was thinking that now that you talk about childhood and like nature, right? It's like when I was younger, I just know, okay, in Malaysia, when long time ago, I mean, now I don't know, right? Because I don't live there. But I lived in an area that is not very safe. Mm. <laughs> so we would have like a compound, right? You know, where they park the cars and stuff. And there would be other children that's like cycling outside, like their parents just let them out and about whereas I'm like so sad cycling inside my compound <laughs> and I'm like thinking oh it would be so nice to maybe stay in a safer country where my parents feel safer for me to go out also I mean to be fair on that I think if I were to be if I am my parents I would probably did have done the same thing but it would be nice to be born in a safer country yeah yeah because <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite scary I guess as a parent you're constantly worried about your child's state safety mm. and then so I was like I remember I was like cycling inside and then the other kids are like freely roaming but then got cars come and then like heart attack for the parents that kind of thing so <laughs> quite fun yeah I would say my upbringing uh, in terms of connection to nature yeah, I would say obviously that can be improved. Um, but I did have uh, a lot of memories of me and my sister playing outdoor. Mm. So we would go cycling, we learn cycling on the road, go to the park for jogs. Uh, but obviously there were a lot of mosquitoes, so which <laughs> was very nice. Yeah. Oh my god! Like I think my childhood memory was just yeah. There were just a lot no, of mos- mosquito bites, <laughs> and I attract mosquitoes so easily. Like crazy i think um if there's something that i would hope that i had more earlier exposure to would be on personal finance oh my god i was thinking you were going to say that (laughs) because i know we had multiple conversations around this but i feel that i haven't got any exposure to financial planning when i was growing up and I mean, like, when I was very, very young, like, especially in my primary school, I've seen my parents struggling with money, with finance. Um, but obviously, it got a lot better as I grew up. But we just have never had that conversations around money and how to take care of our own money and how to deal with spending. Yeah. So I, I wish I had more of those education earlier. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for the next question is in the second set, so I guess technically it's going to be more intimate. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, if you have a crystal ball that can tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Ooh, it's a tough one. Yeah. Too many things. <laughs> I'm curious, have you all ever been to Fortune Teller before? Oh yeah, when I was younger. When I was younger. Because I've never. I'm, and I'm quite afraid to do that. <laughs> yeah, my parents actually say no. As in, sometimes nowadays I'm like, oh, should I go? They're like, no, you shouldn't. As in, because you might hear something bad and... It- exactly. Yeah, because it's quite a common thing here mm. in Hong Kong also. Oh, People would go and ask about relationships or money, finance, family, yeah. like, or any kind of issues they have. 
Yeah. I did yeah. go to one when I was younger though. Um, <laughs> I think it was near Ipoh or something, some temple. I don't remember. Was it Ipoh? Somewhere lah, right? <laughs> then I remember this old lady was just telling me. I was like six or seven years old. She was just saying, hey, you talk too much. You need to talk less to be successful. But then I feel like that's really? not the case. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting, right? Uh, I hope she didn't say that because you're a female. <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, it was an old lady, so who knows? Mm. But I, in fact, I think that her advice was wrong. I feel like talking more actually helps. In yeah. fact, I think she shouldn't talk less. I mean, know your boundaries, lah. But anyway, I think like if I had a crystal ball, right? Actually, I don't know if I want to know anything. It's quite a scary thing, right? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I, I think I wouldn't want to know at all. Yeah. Like, it's too... I just don't want to know, I think. I don't know. Do you want to know what the world is like in the future, you mean? Probably. Mm. But I wouldn't ask in, like, say, 50 years type of thing. I'll probably be like, oh, 100 years from now, where I know I'm for sure dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be like, okay, what's how's the world going to look like 100 years from yeah. now? Do we have flying cars? Can you teleport yeah. around? That kind of thing, but... I wouldn't want to know anything about myself or my family or friends. Yeah, it's interesting that we all sort of feel that way. Yeah, I feel like it's quite a slippery road to go down to to try to know your future. I feel like it's better to just leave it out, right? Because that's what life is, is, mm. you know, filled with surprises, ups and downs. But if you know about it, so like, yeah. it's, like it just takes out the whole element of, you know, being a human, I guess. Yeah, Crystal, you recommended this podcast to us not overthinking. Yeah. So in the podcast, they ask this question quite often. If you know that you're going to die in two weeks, oh, how yeah. would you live differently, right? Sorry, can I just say, this is one of the questions on the list. Oh, really? <laughs> so maybe we can answer that now. It says, well, so this is a bit longer. So it says that if you knew that in one year you would suddenly die, would you change anything about the way you are living now? Oh yeah, for sure. I think so. Quit my freaking oh, job. Oh yeah, for sure. Just yeah. go back to Malaysia. Quit my job. <laughs> Quit my job. See, like that's like the first thing everyone would do. Yeah. Quit your job. <laughs> Make all my financial planning, wealth properly distributed to the right places. <laughs> then just go holiday with my parents and my sister and my boyfriend. That's all. I think that would be what I would do. Yeah, the same. I think I just want to spend time with family and close friends. Quit my yeah. job for sure. That's it. Yeah. Would you try to leave a legacy behind? Like, say, you know, we are running this podcast, right? Would you continue running this podcast knowing that if you continue to record, like, more episodes, your your loved ones can still listen to them after you pass? Nah, I, don't, I wouldn't want them to listen to me. <laughs> I, I just feel very painful, right? I, I don't know lah. I mean, if I'm, I'm my... If it's the other way around, like, oh, I want my parents to have a podcast, then I can go back and listen. I think it's just very hard for the person to move on. So I wouldn't necessarily do it. I mean, if that's mm. if that's the intention, uh, right? Uh, okay, maybe podcast is just uh, an example. Yeah. Like, any other legacy that you would like to leave behind? Um, I don't... Okay, if it's legacy, like just general, any kind of legacy, I think, no. I To me, it's like, I don't find myself like to be very important that I need to leave behind a legacy. No, as in like not 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 to show that you're important, but oh. to, to say like say there's a social cause that you, you really care about and you want to change, uh, you want to make a contribution to it before you die. Probably not. Um, I mean, realistically, no. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm wondering if I would actually work on something that makes me feel like. I'm using the last one year of my life mm. to the fullest. I mean, obviously, I would do all the, like, quit my job and going back to Malaysia and spend time with my family. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there's so much time you can spend with them, right? Like, you would still need to do things in your day-to-day life. Oh, really? I would just take all my asset and just 
literally treat my parents to holiday one full year, <laughs> go everywhere, everyone. Mm. I mean, not that I have that much yeah. money, but that would be what I would do, lah, mm. right? So I think mm. can fulfill, I mean, can really 100% of like all our time capacity taken up just traveling. That's my thought. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think traveling is a good one. Yeah. All right. The next question is uh, quite interesting. What do you value most in a friendship? Ooh, companionship, I guess. You know, just having someone to do things with, to talk to mm. when, whenever you are, you know, I guess happy or sad or just like share anything that happens in your day. I think that's also like human nature, right? You always sort of crave for that relationship with another human yeah. being. And I think having friends is one of the important aspects of it, right? Mm. Yeah. For me, the first thought in my head was acceptance okay and this one is because i have very strict rules on friend like strict definition of friendship Mm. right so to me it's like friendship is like really friends friends that i would talk to on a regular basis Mm. or friends that i'm very very comfortable with so otherwise it's just an acquaintance i suppose so to me it's like acceptance right so for example like friends accepting other friends who they are and then not having like super unrealistic expectation where we have to like talk every day and still be besties. <laughs> what I really like about our friendship group is that we don't have to like constantly talk. But when we've got stuff we want to bring up, it's like we go to each other still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Or like uh, if we got stuff we want to do, then we can come to each other. But we don't necessarily have to talk every day, which I think contrasts a lot with when you are younger, where the yeah. type of friendships that you have, you're like, oh, I need to talk to them every yeah, day or yeah, else yeah. I'll be forgotten. But when you're older, your friendships are like, well, whatever. Even if we don't talk, we talk like two months out of life, we'll be completely fine. So I think that's something yeah. that I value about friendship today, mm. la, right? The friendships yeah, I yeah. have, yeah. I agree with you. I think like the best kind of friendship is when you are very comfortable yes. with each other. And I think with our friendship, we've been through so much, right? In this like last 10 years, mm. we started from, you know, not very close with each other to a period of time we were very close. We were meeting almost every weekend. We go out for brunches. <laughs> and then when you get too close, you get to a point where you start fighting with each other, right? Yeah. And then we've also been through a period of time where we were just like, you know, there were like little things that you would start fighting. It's yeah. like when you're in a new relationship, yes, yes. you still don't know like how to yeah. behave around yeah. the person. Yeah. You might say the wrong thing. So I think we, we went through the same thing as with like any other couples. <laughs> yeah. uh, we learn we learn how to talk to each mm. other. We know what to say and what not to say. Yep. We know like what we'll get on who's enough. And <laughs> you know, you just like don't do that in front of the person. And yeah. you know what each person's boundary is, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's very important also. Yes. Yeah, I think things like that, it takes time to develop, right? So yeah, I think what I value in our friendship is that we've got to that point where I feel like we just know each other well enough to, I think, have trust in each other as well and trust that we all have each other's back, I think. Yeah. So let's move on to the next question. What is your most treasured memory? I honestly can't think of like one most treasured memory, to be honest. Um, I have one, la, which I always quote to my parents. <laughs> so um, when, I, when I was younger, we loved, we were quite poor. Um, so we probably like eat out is very very rare right but we would once in a while so I don't know if you know okay maybe I I have to describe the situation so we live in a normal terrace house in a smaller town not like KL kind and then there would be like a row of very old and dingy shop houses and then at night after eight this like outdoor makeshift tent 
that sells like steam pao <laughs> and like red bean soup. And I always quote that to my parents. And that's something that, how do I say, it's a treasured memory, lah, right? Because I was just thinking that I'm like so, okay, I think our family now, compared to like, that was like 25 years ago, right? It's more well-to-do, right? But somehow, even in that situation when we were poor, we couldn't really afford like luxurious food. We can't go to like, you know, fine dining or whatever. Even eating things like McDonald's is considered expensive, right? That simple meal where we do like every Friday night supper, probably cost us 10 ringgit for like three of us, four of us. Have like a, <laughs> a red bean pao, have like a red bean soup. And then we just sit down there with my parents. I think that's for me like the most treasured memory. Uh, that I always quote to my parents because my, my sometimes my sisters are like, oh, damn stressed. Like, money is damn stressed. I was like, why are we always so stressed about money? Because if you think about it, like 25 years ago when we had no money, we go out for supper, we don't eat like very luxurious food, but we were equally happy. Mm. Um, so that's something that I always quote to my parents. Then they were like, oh yeah, huh? actually we were quite happy back then and we never have to worry about the mortgage or whatever, you know? So yeah, simple but meaningful. Yeah, I probably have a similar memory somewhere, but I can't think of a sp- yeah, particular exactly. situation right now. <laughs> yeah, it usually involves like family yes, time. Yes, yeah. yeah. No, I, I know these sort of routines that you mentioned because I think I used to have a lot of these ru- like routines as well with family. So for instance, when yeah. I was in high school, I remember... I think it's on Friday nights. I used to go for tuition somewhere. And then it ends at like mm. 9 or 10. Like quite late. No, no. Then after that, my mum would bring me yeah. um, for satay. And I still, I remember oh, it very yeah, funny. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh that man, kind of like satay. Mm. You know, it's like something you look forward yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's like Friday night. And then after yes. that, I can go have some satay. Like that kind of thing. So yeah, it's just like these yeah. small things that you remember very fondly. Correct, correct. Yeah. Correct, correct. Speaking of mums... The next question we have is, how do you feel about your relationship with your mum? This is an intense one. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like thinking, <laughs> thinking back thirty years. I think for me, my relationship with my mum, actually, my relationship with my family is actually, I would say, quite lucky. Like we all get along very well. I just know some people that don't get along well with their mm. parents, or they like disown or something like that so I'm glad yeah. I'm not in that kind of yeah. situation lah, right obviously nothing no relationship is perfect whether it's like parental relationship or friendship or you know actual love relationship but yeah I think generally I'm quite grateful lah. I just know that if I got any issues right I talk to my parents they would be there to listen to it all so yeah it's kind of sad I mean like suddenly say this now I was like oh one day if our parents not around it's quite oh, sad right oh man yeah mm. I know I was like oh yeah but anyway that's a separate topic. Oof. <laughs> this is quite intense. Yeah, very uh, uh, Yeah, I would say I'm quite close with my mom. I think for a long period of time, when I was in high school, my sister, she was already in, in UK. Mm-hmm. The two of us always spend time together after school. And I remember we always go for lunch, like every single day. That's something that I look forward to every mm, day yeah. after school. And I think like something that was quite surprising to me was that as I grew up, I start to realize that my my parents or my mom is also just a human mm, being. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that um, when I was young, I saw her as someone who is the, the caregiver. Yeah. Someone who is really loving and strong. But as I became an adult, I feel that she's also someone who needs love and care from yes. her children. Mm. And I think... um. 
I never really pay so much attention to how I treated my mom when I was maybe slightly younger, like yeah. in my twenties. Yep. But now I start to realize that actually my mom is quite dependent on us, me and my sister. So I became more aware of mm. that, and I start to really pay attention to how I talk to her, how I how much time I spend like talking to her on the phone because. I think every relationship is is different, and I think what I did not realize was how much weight my mom put us in her life, mm. and that's something that, that I took for granted, yeah. right? A lot of that, a lot of the care that she gave us, a lot of things that she, she did for us, uh, I almost took it for granted when I was younger, but now I realize that it's it's time that we do it for her, and yeah, not the other way around. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For me, I would say that my mum is actually the person I'm closest to in my family. So very mm. similar to Regina, I think my brother left and went overseas to study when I was still quite young. So I actually spent a lot of time with my mum after. So very similar, you know, I would spend weekends with her, would go shopping. My mum loved shopping with me and she would always like buy me clothes and stuff. It's quite funny. Like, I think she buys me. She bought mm. me a lot of clothes. Like she just loves doing it, and then it's just more things like, you know, having meals together. Like I said, and yeah, I have very fond memories of those. And I know my mom is someone who has sacrificed a lot for me and the family. At least I know. Like for instance, on weekends last time, I used to have a lot of extra classes, and she was the one who sent and picked me up everywhere. And that was pretty much her whole weekend gone. Like, you know, she spent a lot of her time driving, just waiting for me, you know, in the car. And she would, like, get me lunch and stuff. So, now, thinking back, I guess, you know, when you were younger, you don't really think about how much time and effort your parents, or, like, my mum, for instance, put into bringing me up. Yeah. Because I guess like Regina said, I also sort of took it for granted. You don't really think about it. You just feel like this is what like maybe they should have done, you know, like as a parent kind of thing. But then mm. I feel like when I'm older and I think back of those times, I realize that, oh my goodness, can I even do all those things that she has done if I'm ever a mother mm. myself, right? And then you realize that, yeah, she, you know, my mom has actually done a lot for me, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's yeah. Oh, I feel a bit emotional now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Good already set two questions. <laughs> okay, let's move to set three. Okay, so if your house and your house has everything that you ever owned catches fire, after you had the opportunity to save your lo- loved ones and your pets, you have time to save one more thing. What would it be and why? I thought about this, right? I was like, I don't need to save anything else. <laughs> Everything is replaceable. <laughs> That's my first thought when I was re- as I'm reading through this. Maybe I'll just save like my passport or something so that it's easier to, <laughs> so to go and verify my identity. Well, my passport. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if everything burned down, who how who are like isn't it very hard to prove that I'm I'm who I am, you know? So yeah. I think that'll be the only thing. No, that's very practical. I guess it's something non-replaceable. Like a, I don't know, like an old photo album or something. I, I mean, I, I don't have one. Let's see, let me think. Yeah, I don't have. <laughs> or something like a love letter that your ex has given you. Oh gosh, why would I save that? <laughs> I wanted to say something, but you guys are going to judge me so bad. 
And I have a practical reason why I want to yeah. save it. It's my degree certificate. Because my freaking university don't issue hard copy anymore. So it's technically <laughs> irreplaceable. But it's kind of stupid lah, to think about it. I'm like, oh, actually, uh, it doesn't make actually, any value. Yeah, I've actually scanned all of them. So I don't really need oh, the yeah, hard copy anymore. I should do that. <laughs> Oh, you mean you save it all on Google Sheets, uh, Google Drive? Yeah, yeah, because um, mm, for a I lot of the visa, visa application and job application, they actually ask mm. for it. So, oh, yeah. hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> this episode got practical tips and most stuff. Not bad. <laughs> I think, right? So, actually, I have a box of items at home that are nostalgic items. So, I put in that mm. box things like random things that I save from travels or like what maybe something that my boyfriend gave me or something like that so I think if anything I'll probably save those because maybe they're irreplaceable because they're like memories I feel yeah but yeah I don't don't think yeah. I, at first I was like phone but I was like actually phone I mean if I buy a new phone Google backup immediately right so <laughs> it's not like last yeah. time actually yeah I also have that box but I was thinking I will also not save that I don't have that box eh why don't I have that box <laughs> why don't I have that box yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking I wouldn't save that box. As in, I'd rather save my passport or something, like, I see. I need to start making yeah, that box. I can just make a whole new box with new memories. Just use a shoebox. And just, like, put stuff inside. Yeah, same. I think mine is a shoebox, actually. Yeah. I just, like, throw things inside. It has to be something valuable, right? Like, something that means a lot to yeah. you. This box. This yeah, some, box. some of them are even, like, cards. Like, cards that I treasure and things yeah. like that. La. Small, small things. Hmm. I wouldn't say if those are interesting. You are you are more you are definitely more nostalgic than I am. Nostalgic. Because yeah. I definitely had that same I have two boxes of that, right? Which contains like every card, whatever, all the movie tickets, whatever. But it's just like kind of the thing is, right, it's kind of stashed there at the moment. I don't actually look at it. So would I yeah. technically practically save it in a fire? Probably not. Lah. Sometimes it's just with some of the old photos, I actually throw them away. Because <laughs> I'm not a very nostalgic person. Oh, like, no. I don't really like keep photos. Yeah, same, like, same, same, stuff. same. Yeah. yeah. I think if I were to think like realistically what I would save, it would be a watch that my mom gave me. Oh, that's oh, a good one. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Let me think. And it's something that she asked me like from time to time, like, hey, do you still have that watch? <laughs> <laughs> so I know that she would like care about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, how do you do? You feel closer <laughs> to each other? <laughs> um, I, I think maybe we never do the thirty-six questions, but I feel not much yeah. different. <laughs> maybe because we all know each other very well, so yeah, I guess like we could sort of guess what each other yeah. would say, right? Yeah. I mean, for certain questions, I have seen a different side of you. I guess like I never knew your relationship with your mother, for example, mm. Pin. Uh, it's the first time that you talk about it. So mm. that was really nice. Yeah, but for people out there who has a partner and maybe you're looking to improve your relationship with your partner, maybe have a go at trying these questions and let us know how it goes, I guess. <laughs> Interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I have a thought, right? Even actually just doing this with a family member, that could be quite interesting, no? Like... I don't think I've ever talked about this kind of questions with my mom, oh, for example, yeah, or my dad. Yeah. I think we will have a very interesting outcome if we do that with our parents. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and follow us on your favourite podcast players, including Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And please leave us some ratings and reviews. We would also like to hear from you 
So drop us any questions at asianmilesapart at gmail.com. Lastly, if you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram at asianmilesapart. Bye!